Welcome to the EchoCast, episode 71. I am Bon Diesel. This is a podcast about the division, its community, news about the game, and so on and so forth. Every now and then, just a ranting by me. If you're new, welcome. If you're returning, double welcome, I guess. This time, we are going to talk about the state of the game recap, PvP feedback, Star player stuff, listener questions, ETF things, and uh, some updates. If you would like to support the podcast and my other content, check out patreon.com slash theechocast. Special thanks to my current supporters, Luis, Jimmy, Mike, November, Hassan, Tim, Jim, and Ozzy. Thank you very much for supporting the show and my other content. If you are a current or a new Patreon, please let me know if you'd like to receive some free stickers and so on and so forth, and give me your Twitch name so I can make you a VIP on there with some bonuses. Okay, so onto the state of the game recap. This week we had Hamish and Chris Hansler talking about episode one and uh, some other cool stuff. Uh, so they said a maintenance is coming uh, tomorrow or today or a few days ago, depending on when you're listening to this on August 1st. Uh, it's going to be a raid completion tracker fix, raid key drop fix, backpack trophy fix, and project menu scrolling fix. So just some little, uh, not little, some of those are big, uh, but some fixes for the most part, nothing else uh, other than just some server maintenance as well. Um, they actually spent a lot of time talking about known and existing issues, which I thought was actually really great. Uh, they talked about the uh, control points and projects not showing that you're going to get a blueprint, uh, but you actually do get the blueprint. So, you know, you can do those uh, tasks and you will get uh, your 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 blueprint. Um, just go back and check all your all of the blueprints and you'll see a new one in there. Um, the stash space is a known conversation. They acknowledged it. Um, they they feel like the RNG and loot changes that um, are likely coming in the future may make that less of an issue. Um, I think the big idea is that right now there is gear that is just not very good and a lot of it, um, but it leads the people saving it if it has like one good talent, but then that fills up people's stash really quickly. And long story short, um, I think that they are maybe kicking the can on the stash space for now because they think that other changes may make it less of an issue. Uh, they did talk about and acknowledge the audio and hit registration issues. I've only noticed people on PlayStation talking about the audio. I've seen a few random people mention the Xbox, but not nearly as many as PlayStation. So I'm not sure what's going on there. And then their hit registration, I haven't noticed anything. When they briefly talked about it, it sounded like it's a uh, maybe an internet issue or some kind of networking issue, um, less so than the actual game uh, overall. But they are asking for people to send them examples and videos and so on and so forth. So if you're having any of those issues, make sure you clip it or record it and either submit it on the forums or on Reddit or on Twitter or wherever you deem appropriate. 
Uh, last, they talked about the collectibles showing as being uh, pick upable, um, even if you've already picked them up, which is a bit confusing because there are a bunch of new pickups. So um, it sounds like they are working on that because um, they don't want this to happen in the future. I assume there's going to be more and more uh, pickups for uh, you know the audio logs and so on and so forth. And uh, I'm assuming they don't want uh, every time they release those for this to be a problem. And I'm sure all of us would appreciate it as well. Uh, they, they did, again, you know, go over the RNG and loot discussion, um, but not during this episode. Uh, they did mention um, the Revive Hive article that Petter had put out, um, explaining the complexity of fixing um, things in the game, like the Revive Hive, um, and, and kind of how complex it is. Um, I don't really, you know, when I read it, I didn't take it as like an excuse, but more as just a, a peek behind the curtain for people to realize, like, you know, when they don't fix an issue or they don't fix it perfectly, it's it's not necessarily because they're inept, but it's because these issues tend to be more complicated than just fixing a, a script or a line of code. Um, they did talk about how there was a kind of a stealth nerf of the AR damage and unbreakable for PvP. Um, it sounds like there is, you know, going to be a much bigger PvP focused uh, title update or you know big patch at some point and again uh, the, the the kind of uh, coming soon message so and probably the biggest news of the stay of the game that came at the end um, there's an ETF that's coming so in division one there were technically four ETFs uh, but only three were made public Alpha Bravo and Charlie um, I be they they said that there was a fourth one I might know what they're talking about, but I'm not positive and I don't want to guess. Um, but long story short, it looks like they're bringing back this program. Um, they're going to put out applications soon and it's going to be in Malmo. So if you're not, uh, if you're in the United States or if you're somewhere else and you want to do this and apply when that opens up, uh, be sure you have your passport or else you will not be able to go and they will be pissed at you for wasting their time. Uh, I was going to apply, but I don't have a passport and I have lots of other stuff going on. And honestly, I'm going to talk more about the ETF after I wrap up this stay of the game recap, because go figure, I have some thoughts on it. Uh, the last thing they talked about is that state of the game will be gone for a short time. Uh, they're still going to do their normal streams during the week. Um, I, you know, I, I predicted as soon as they said this on stream that it would lead to uh, game is dead. They're giving up on it. All those conversations. Um, that may be true, but I don't think it is. Um, as you know, my personal knowledge is that every dev I know right now, I believe is on vacation and will be for at least another two or three weeks. So my guess is that all of the people they typically have on to talk about these things, um, simply aren't there. And there's only so much that Hamish and Chris and Yannick can really say when there's nothing going on in the background necessarily. And uh, it seems more likely that this is due to uh, the, the summer vacations uh, that those lovely Swedes get uh, and less to do with, you know, the game dead. But you can make your own decision. And that was it. That was most of the stay of the game. Not the most eventful one, but still good info. Um, I'm glad to keep addressing a lot of the same issues, even if they aren't doing deep dives into them. Uh, you know, again, I've said it before, but in the first game, people felt these things were neglected when they kept talking about them. Um, this time we aren't necessarily getting answers right off the bat, but they are addressing them. And that is a step forward. And even if it's not what people want, it's still doing what they didn't do last time. 
It's saying, yes, we know there's issues with these things. Uh, we are going to address them, but not today. So be patient. <clears throat> okay, so ETF. I want to talk about uh, Division Two gaming news. Um, this is mostly just going to be about the ETF. Uh, I'm going to call it ETF Delta, even though they seem reluctant to call it that because of the uh, the Delta error that is so common in the game, unfortunately, sometimes for people. So uh, I think they should call it Delta and just roll with it. Um, and then they can do, if they do another ETF, they can call it Echo, which will be really cool uh, because of its implication in the game. So uh, as expected, just like it was with the first three uh, public ETFs, uh, the conversation of uh, who will get picked to go and all of the people um, holding their hand up and saying that I should be the one who goes, uh, you know, I as in them, not me as in Bond Diesel. Um, okay, so I have some like written thoughts here and then I'll kind of just riff on it. Um, so I understand why streamers and like quote unquote known people are good to have there. Um, they can kind of provide you know, like a face to what's going on, some accountability to what's going on at the ETF. Um, but I'm going to be totally honest. Um, if anyone paid attention to the first game and the ETFs they did there, uh, while I would say the majority of people who they pulled in to do it were great and did a great job, there was a large number of the individuals, especially the creators that they pulled in, um, that ended up being um, a big old yikes and ended up being people who... Um, really haven't been very helpful to the community um in my opinion uh, the way that they've behaved um just in general uh you know ever since the etf and even before with, with some of them just makes me really question how useful they could have possibly been in an etf and um, i'm basically i'm personally just concerned that you know i i, I want to say that they've learned their lesson and i hope they have uh, when i say they i mean massive and who they're going to pick to do this um, but what I'm really hoping is that they focus on people with a lot of playtime, um, but not as much uh, ulterior motives. I I just really, really hope that they pick, you know, people uh, who, who aren't just saying, you know, make Division 2 like Division 1 or or only really care about the game being good or bad because they want to get partnered on Twitch or make sure that their YouTube page gets, you know, 10,000 views, uh, you know, which is really nothing in the big scheme. But I I agree with the sentiment. I specifically saw someone saying that, you know, they can't just pick yes men. The problem is that this p specific individual or the people who are, have that sentiment, um, who don't want people who are just going to go ask kiss, um, those are the exact same people I don't want to go either, <laughs> because that they you know they don't really care about whether the game, at least in my opinion, whether it's good for everyone. They want it to be good for them. And so while I agree that if there's people who go there and just lap up anything they show them and love it and don't have any criticisms, that's not the type of person who should go. But the people who are going to go there and just spit the same lazy things I've seen, and we'll talk more about that after the mid-roll, but you know, it, it's it, the two extremes are both bad, right? So the side that supports everything and, and ha never has any criticisms and loves everything that gets put out is just as bad as the side that hates everything that's mad because this game didn't get them partnered that's mad because this game isn't for them specifically whether or not it's you know other people like it or not i i, I think it's the the hypocrisy or the irony of some of the statements i've seen um 
is interesting. I specifically saw someone comment and say something along the lines of my division one videos did so well, but division two is so bad that I don't even make the videos anymore. So I was curious. I clicked on their name. I clicked on the link in their, in their bio. And I was taken to a YouTube page uh, of someone who had 89 followers and who I don't believe had more than a hundred views on any of their videos. Now I'm a tiny itty bitty YouTube creator. My videos, if I'm lucky, get a hundred views as well. I've had a few do better. I have more subs than that, even though my number is extremely tiny. I have, I believe between 13 and 1400. Um, I'm not even monetized if that tells you where I'm at, but you know, when I see a statement like that on Twitter and then I investigate it a little bit, it's just tough to take that seriously. So I guess what I'm getting at here is that, you know, I, I really, I understand. And you know, there's definitely some quote unquote known people who, if they get picked, I'll be overjoyed for them. I'll be super pumped for them. Um, but there's also a lot of people who have been seeing either be suggested by people or who seem to be kind of promoting themselves that um, I think anyone who, th- who who's telling everyone they think they should go, I'm going to be straight up. I don't really think that needs to be a thing. If there's lots of other people saying that so-and-so should go um, and, and that so-and-so seems to have be re- relatively even keeled and so on and so forth, then I think that's cool. Um, I'm real weird about seeing people you know, holding up their hand and saying, pick me, I'm going to do this. Um, more than anything, I would really like to see a lot of people get picked to go, um, who apply for it, who just have a ton of playtime, maybe have experience in games like destiny and warframe, uh, maybe even lots of other games as well. Um, what I think is a big issue is I think people think this is going to be a PVP ETF. My guess is that before this ETF even happens, they will have either announced basically finished or possibly even released title update six, which I expect to be a PVP and a loot slash RNG patch. So my guess is that this ETF is actually going to be about episode two and episode three content and maybe other stuff that's in that window. Um, So I think it's kind of interesting that so many people are so focused on wanting to make sure the sim PVP players um, I specifically saw a comment along the lines of, uh, well, this person's a really, you know, a really good solo division one PVP player. They should go. And that's cool because there are people who solo PVP and division, and that's, um, a audience that should be heard. I think that's cool, but the division isn't a solo PVP game. And so, and they're a small creator as well. And so like that person was the exact example of someone who I was kind of saying, Hey, maybe those aren't the type of people he need to go because those people have an audience. Those people are heard by the devs myself. I don't think I should go. Um, I'm not really positive. I would, I, I don't think the reaction to me getting picked would be good. I am about to have a baby. So there's no way I'm going to leave my wife behind to go. Um, and I really don't know if I'm smart enough or experienced enough or, creative enough to really go and give some really interesting feedback. I, in fact, I don't believe I could do that at least, you know, not right now. And I I think that maybe more people need to realize that like if, if I have an idea or if I think something, um, as most of you know, I'm more than happy to post about it on Twitter 
or during my, or talk about during my stream or make a video about it or talk about it on this podcast. And if I really want to get an idea to somebody, I have multiple contacts directly to people who do things with this game where I can say, Hey, I don't like that. Or, Hey, have you thought about doing this? Or, huh, look at that. I don't know about that. So, I mean, I guess I feel like I can get my feedback in directly. Um, and I think there's a lot of other people like that. And I guess at the end of the day, what I'm getting at is that I just really, I, I really, you know, no matter who gets picked, people are going to be mad, but, but there's a handful of people who have been picked before who are the exact type of people we do not need to go and do this. We need people who care about the game, who care about all parts of the game. It would be good to have people from different perspectives, people who play a little more PVP, people who play a little more PVE, people who play solo, people who like to play groups. But more than anything, I just hope that they don't send people there whose main reason for wanting to go is either to promote themselves and talk about that they're going or who really only wants the game to be better for them and not for the game's sake. Fortunately, I think that's been a problem in the past. I'm hoping it won't be a problem in the future. And you know what's in your future? About 60 seconds of ads. So right now, we're going to slide right in the mid-roll time. And then we're going to talk about Division 2 PvP questions and answers. Some star player drama drama. I'm going to answer a listener question. Give a little update. And then we're going to wrap it up. So, mid-roll time. Okay, so I run, if you don't know this, the Division 2 Hub account on Twitter. At the Division 2 Hub, if you haven't followed it already. It's also like kind of unofficially the Twitter home of the EchoCast. Uh, but that's also basically my um, at Bondiesel page. I share. Um... I'm really happy with the Division 2 Hub. I think we're above 3,500 followers. Uh, it's more than my actual personal account. Um, and I think it's a good place to ask questions and get opinions because there's a lot of people who follow the Division 2 Hub account who do not follow me. And honestly, I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, but what I did this week was I, I just posted the question. I said, you know, what what would you like for the for to change in the division two PvP that would make it better for you? So I was asking people specifically for themselves. So I got uh some varied answers. I got a few that I thought were really interesting and innovative and unique and actually helpful. And I got a bunch that weren't, but we will talk about that. So the ones that I got that I actually thought were really interesting um kind of covered, you know, a few uh, topics. So the first one was talking about um, trying to just generally balance the game and, and have the ability to add roles again. I believe Armor for Core um, pointed this out, as well as some other people. But, you know, if people are heavily invested into to red talents on their gear, they should do a lot of damage but not have much health and not be able to have very good skills. If someone's heavily invested into yellow, then they should be really good at supporting themselves and others and have really strong skills, but not be able to do much damage and not have very much armor. And if someone's heavily invested into blue, they should be a tank. They should be able to have take so much damage, but they shouldn't be able to do much damage and their skills should suck. 
And that's not really a thing we have right now. We have builds that can be kind of a jack of all trades. Um, and then it goes into, you know, and some people, multiple people mentioned the other issue of just the armor being out of control. Um, I've even tried to dabble in some of the PVP lately, and it's hilarious. I have this, you know, I would like to think fairly strong PVP build that literally doesn't take bars down from people. <laughs> and then they just melt me. So, um, you know, I, it's not a perfect PVP build, but it definitely should perform better than it does. But because I don't have that one build that, you know, that super high armor build, I just can't do anything. Um, a lower time to kill was something I saw multiple times, which I agree with. Um, the, the big issue with time to kill in this game is with the skills and all of that and the lack of like burst healing anymore, which I do not want back. I'll probably talk about that more. Um, it, it's tough because time to kill should be low enough that if you hit shots, especially headshots, and if you proc talents and stuff like that, it should reward you. You know, you should be able to take someone down pretty quickly. On the other hand, if you're being attacked, you know, in games like Call of Duty and games that are, you know, other shooting games that are taken seriously PvP wise, the time to kill is just low enough that you can still react and potentially save yourself. Um, and, and Division, especially Division 2, right when it came out, didn't really have that. I mean, time to kill is extremely fast. While I actually think that's a good thing, I was always one to say that I, I would like if, you know, time to kill was like 10% higher, like one or two shots more. So that if you could, you could dive around the corner and maybe drop a heal, or you could, you know, get behind, you know, you know, do something, evade in some way, and not just melt as soon as you start getting shot, which was an issue when the game came out. You know, now we're kind of dealing with different types of issues with that, but you know, well, but that's you know, I, I get where people were coming from with that, uh, and then just a general statement of just adding more purpose and and a better game loop to the DZ. So when I asked this question about the PVP, I asked people to give feedback on conflict and the DZ separately because conflict is really kind of seems to be meant to be some type of, you know, kind of Call of Duty style, you know, deathmatch or capture the, you know, cap, you know, zone capture and things like that. Um, where I think that like the normalization stuff makes sense because you are trying to kind of bring people to a similar level so that it feels like people are similarly powered. So it feels like there's some kind of skill gap, you know, you and Joe Schmo across the road have relatively the same damage and armor and stuff. So whoever hits the most headshots and uses their skills the most effectively wins where that kind of gets thrown out with a DZ with a DZ, you run into a situation where I, you know, I've seen calls for getting rid of normalization, even in a regular DZ. Um, I've seen lots of things that, um, I'm probably not really the person to ask about like firm, really permanent changes and so on and so forth, but things I actually think are a good idea or, or maybe are at least worth exploring. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that PVP is interesting in this game because, um, my vision is that conflict is where the competition is and the DZ is where the shit show is. Um, and not even in a bad way necessarily. Um, but you know, from what I've been told by multiple people who I interact with, when I've spoken to them privately about the DZ and stuff is I just, I've never heard anyone who really liked the DZ in division one, um, ever tell me that they want the DZ to be quote unquote competitive. Um, and which that's why I prefer, I, I want conflict to be better because I like the idea of going there with my team and beating your team with my team because we're better. We, or we you know, talk better. We have better builds. We hit better shots. We work together better um, where that's 
doesn't seem to be the goal in the DZ for a lot of people. Uh, in the you know, it seems like their goal is to just goof around and have some fun, or to you know, go one v server, four v server, um, you know, those type of things where you know that requires inherent unbalance. That requires basically broken mechanics and 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 bad competitive gameplay, but it may still be fun. Um, so when I asked this question on the Division Two Hub account, you know, I did get a few good answers, in my opinion, good. Um, and then I got a lot of really lazy, and in my opinion, simply bad ones. Um, just this bunch of just really lazy answers of just bring back Division One PvP. Um, the one that probably drove me the most nuts was seeing, you know, just ask and then some streamer's name. You know, just ask them, do what they want, uh, which people not seeing the inherent problem in that just blows my mind. Um, especially because it seems like a lot of these, you know, quote unquote fans of these big streamers um, seem to just seek that streamer's opinion for their own opinion, uh, maybe without much thought in there. Uh, my favorite one was to bring back the division, division one PVP developers. Uh, well, uh, red storm and all the devs they have there are the same people working on division two as division one. Uh, so that one literally doesn't make sense because it is the same people. Um, and then there's, a, there's just a, there's a few where it's like, I, I kind of get where the people are coming from, but there's a few just like non-starter suggestions getting rid of three DZs and making one DZ like that would, that would maybe be a division three suggestion. Like that's not going to happen in this game. Um, just the, the resources and time required and probably just a complete push against their agenda, you know, with this game or their plan, which they are going to stick with, you know, you know, they, they, they're, I, it seems like they've always been happy to take suggestions, but like it or not, they're going to follow their plan for this game. And, you know, completely dismantling all three DZs and making one big one is is not in the cards. At least I can't imagine it is. Um, simply just adding more players. I feel like Spear during early stream for Division 2 was real clear that um, it's not going to happen. They, they, they aren't going to add more players. And my honest guess is that they can't. Um, my guess is that the reason we have smaller DZs and we have fewer players in them, um, even though technically there's more players per square meter or whatever, but I understand it's still an issue. My guess is that they found that the size of the areas and the number of players was the only way for them to get somewhat more consistent tick rates and, uh, and you know, lack of issues with you know lag and stuff like that in the DZs to try to provide a better PVP experience. My guess is that that's the max number that they can do is 12. Um, I do agree that I think 16 would maybe be a better solution, but I suspect from things that they've said that that's just not even a, a possibility. I could be wrong, but I definitely add that to my list of things that I think are just kind of a waste of time to, to bring up, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, the, the bring back the firearm stamina and electronic stats, that's just not gonna, I mean, they've obviously made a really clear decision to get away from that system. Um, whether or not that was better or worse, I still don't think it was good, but um, I do think this new system is better, even if it needs more refinement. Um, but again, I just add that to my list of, I just don't think, I think those are non-starters. Um, 
and in the suggestion i've seen a lot and it's it's a it's a tough one for me it's it's classes um specifically in conflict um i don't think it's a bad suggestion in fact i think that classes and when i say classes i mean something along the lines of like the way wildlands does their pvp the ghost um ghost mode or um even rainbow six to a point where there there's these like balanced characters that you pick from and they aren't your own um i agree that that would be a way for them to balance pvp um i, I don't want to say easily but it would, it's the most realistic way for them to do it the problem is is that i just simply believe that this is that's not division anymore um that's a different game that just happens to be in the division world at that point um now is that necessarily a bad thing no i don't think so but i just highly 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 suspect that's not the direction they're going but you know what do i know i basically know nothing um what i will say is just overall i was kind of bummed out by the reaction and it kind of reinforced my thought that one um there's basically zero consensus in the quote-unquote angry part of the pvp community and two um just people are so fixated on division one and are just unable to just seemingly fathom the idea of just that this is a new game um i i don't dislike the idea of thinking about things that worked in division one um a lot of people reference division 1.7 which was the last pvp patch i did enjoy i played quite a bit of last stand um even some dz back then um but it's just people just seem so so fixated on division one pvp and and seem to have this this in in my opinion flawed outlook on how good it was i, I think people are being relatively convenient about their memories of division one pvp even at 1.7 even at 1.8.3 even at 1.4, 1.5, or 1.6, um, I, I, I understand that at various times the PvP may have been fun, especially in the DZ, um, but I, I think that there's a difference between fun and good. Um, I think that there were multiple times where PvP was fun, including for myself in Division 1, but I can't think of a single time, maybe 1.7 point whatever, where it was quote-unquote good where it felt competitive where it felt like at the end of a fight i was better than that person because i won because of decisions i made um and instead of just my build being the right one or being the meta one that just has is a little more optimized or whatever so i just i just really wish people would be more willing to seemingly move on from the first game and two i just wish people would really you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with looking at creators or personalities on Twitter and stuff like that as a reference or as a source for information of like, you know, hearing someone out and helping that form your opinion. But what's rough is how many times I'm seeing people who just, if they're a so-and-so fan, whatever so-and-so thinks, that's what they think now. Um, it's so common and I see it so much. Um, and, and it's just interesting, like the times that I've personally been, you know, accused of, you know, kissing mass, you know, the, the Ubisoft ass or, or massive ass and stuff like that. What's so interesting is that so often the same people who are, you know, throwing those bows at me are the same ones who one, um, kiss, you know, are, are just complete suck ups to some creator or something like that and follow their every word and thought, or they are the creators who will only interact with people who agree with them entirely. Um, I rarely see people, you know, the, the same people throwing, 
you know, stuff at me are rarely people who I see having real conversations about this stuff and being willing to take in other people's opinions, even if they don't like them. So I just, I really hope that people are at least aware and, and maybe even just willing to, you know, to not just, you know, you know, just, just repeat what they're hearing from other people and, you know, maybe think for themselves and, and be logical about this. And this includes anyone who listens to me and, and generally agrees with me. Just because you generally agree with me, I certainly hope that doesn't mean you think my word is gospel. I'm a flawed, you know, imperfect person who often gets things wrong. And I hope that that uh, admission and that realization of myself um, is good for the people who check me out. And I really wish that was a more common thing um, in the division community and just in the gaming community and maybe just in the world in general uh, of, of people recognizing that, you know, they aren't perfect. Uh, and while they may have strong opinions that, uh, you know, maybe not everyone thinks the same. And um, I don't know. That's what I have to say about that. So I'm glad I asked the question. I got an incredible response, but I do have to say that overall the response was just kind of depressing and um, surprising in some ways and not in others. Okay, so the final big topic here, it's probably not a great idea for me to get into, but and we're late in the show. There's probably not too many people listening anymore anyways. Um, but basically, I was become generally aware um, of a few videos attacking star players and or at least commenting on them. Um, it's not just recently. It's happened before. And I just... You know, there's some of these like small and maybe medium-sized creators um, who you know criticize the star players and criticize the program and stuff like that. Um, for full disclosure, I didn't sit there and watch them from beginning to end. the The ones I saw in particular are, are, are creators I just can't stomach for more than a few seconds. Um, it's not even just a difference of opinion; it's just history and just washing my hands of things. But um, you know, I did my best to you know, get the gist of what was going on. And what's, what's interesting is the way these videos paint like the star player program is um, the star player program is not like the EA uh, fan. I don't even know what it's called EA stars or something. I don't know what they're called, um, but that's a program where, you know, I know that they aren't like paid to say good things, but it's definitely a like ongoing program, right? So what I don't think people realize about star player program is that it is not like that. And I'll talk about my personal experience in a moment. Um, the, the, the problem I have is, um, is that like the star players, even from my own experience, both when I went and since then, is I found that you know, you're, you're, you're catching star players have a very uh, wide variety of one games that they enjoy. The just dance star players are much, much different than the division star players. And you've got, you know, a, a big range of, of, of dedication and, and even fandom in, in a lot of ways. I, on the trip I went on, there were multiple people there who were Division fans who have been critical and skeptical of the game. I know he's not very active anymore, but, you know, Cal was a guy who was in my star player class. And that guy was, has never been afraid to dog the Division when he felt like it deserved it. Um, for the most part, I've always appreciated his input. And he's one of the people who I felt like was maybe more negative than positive, but I always felt like he had a good heart behind what he said. Um, but you know, he's definitely not the ass kisser that all of the star players are kind of painted to be. 
Uh, and I think this applies, if anything, good lord, the Assassin's Creed star players are like the most brutal people on earth, man. Those people just tear everything apart if they don't like it. But, you know, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that passion. Um, what I think is interesting is that, you know, I've been accused so often of white knighting or shilling for the division, division two. But what I've really found, especially in the last, you know, six months or so, or even the last year, since I've been making more consistent content, specifically this podcast, but including my stream and even the videos that I take time to make when I can, is that the thing I find most often is that so far, especially in the last six months to a year, every time I, you know, I catch these accusations of, of defending the game endlessly and, and sucking up and all that fun stuff is it's, it's, I'm yet to notice a single one of those people who I believe has consumed any of my content. Um, what I will say is that I've had multiple times where people who I know do consume my content one way or the other, whether it's this podcast or other things. Um, I've had people say, hey, man, are you sure that's the route you want to take? Or I think you are kind of sucking up on this. It's it's happened, but it's never been. It's always been, you know, a conversation and it's never been, you know, salty gifts from, you know, toxic people on Twitter and things like that. Uh, you know, passive aggressive sub tweets and all that fun stuff. And the the thing is, is that I think, you know, most of these people are basically just going to look at any hot takes or snarky responses I have on Twitter as encompassing everything I think. And, you know, if I don't, you know, have criticisms every day on Twitter, then therefore, you know, I don't ever criticize the game. Or if anyone listens to this podcast or watches my videos or even watches me on Twitch, you'll know that I'm happy to talk about the flaws and the bad sides and the things I don't like. What what I guess annoys me the most about it is that it's it's just laziness, right? Like, you know, if when when a lot of the people I've had, you know, conversations with, if you want to call them that, I've really tried to go in and dive in and find out, you know, you know, have these people given like really interesting input or ideas or whatever. And I'm gonna be straight up, they haven't. <laughs> and and what I think is interesting is that um, th this whole idea is that, you know, we're, we're, we're sucking up and doing that and being overly positive and things like that, you know, whether we really are or not, but when these, you know, things get alleged by people who are, you know, again, on the opposite side of this, which is just as bad as someone who is always positive, who's always negative, who only cares about their content, getting views, who only cares about whether the game is good for them or not. Um, I just can't, I can't do it. Um, my experience with the star player program was, was cool, but it wasn't perfect. Um, when I did my survey about the star player program, I was very honest about a bunch of stuff. I really didn't like about it and something that I, I don't think people realize about the star player program is that you go and then it's, then it's over. There's no ongoing commitment. Um, and even before there's not really any, there's, there were people invited to my star player program and there are people invited to this last one who, for whatever reason, didn't go, um, who haven't, you know, been the friendliest to Ubisoft. And, um, and I think that there's this, this idea that if someone was a star player last year or two years ago, that they're on the hook and they're, they're going to defend everything. And it, I'm going to be totally honest, being a star player and, and doing some of the things I've gotten to do really has freed me in my opinion. I, I have no one to impress at this point. I have no one to make happy. Uh, the devs I interact with have heard me say awful things about the game 
privately and publicly. I, I, I think if I said awful things about their game, they wouldn't just shut me out because they know I wouldn't do it in a toxic, nasty way. They'd just be curious to why I feel that way. It's happened with the expeditions, my complaints. I've talked to someone about that. We didn't necessarily agree about my criticisms, and that was okay. You know, they heard them out, though. So at this point, I, I just, um, I just don't, I just don't think the criticisms of the star player program by these people were accurate. And if, and they really just came off as really salty. And I just don't think they realized that all the star player program really is, at least to me, was a cool trip to a convention I would never get to go to otherwise. Some good free food some quick interactions with devs and some hands-on gameplay and something to put in your Twitter profile. It's not some in-depth ongoing program where they are constantly giving us things for good PR. And from my experience, they took us to a place, got some pictures of us, and then it was over. And I think that's fine. Like I said, in my opinion, for me, I think it's freed me to be more honest than I've ever been in my content for the last six months to a year. Uh, but that's just me. And honestly, if, if people don't hear me out and don't check out what I say and do, they're not going to know that anyways. So part of this came from a copy strike situation. Um, I, I think that situation is tough and I really don't know enough about YouTube and how copy strike works and um, what is free to use and what you're allowed to use and of other people's materials. I, I, I don't know enough about it to really have an opinion on whether that was good or not. Um, and I say that, and the individual that it specifically what had to do with was uh, the person who copy struck was someone who I interact with and get along with. And the person um, who made the video, uh, whose video was taken down, is someone who, to say the least, we don't interact. Um, so, you know, I, I don't want to get into that. What I will say is I, is I find it interesting that I saw some commentary that had the person who submitted the strike had just talked to the creator. They would, they would have changed things or, and unfortunately, sometimes I think people develop a expectation or a style or a pattern of behavior that, that makes that feel a little disingenuous. So the whole copy strike thing, I don't know enough about it to get really into it. It's probably not a great situation. Um, but sometimes, um, you reap what you sow. And the last thing I'll kind of say is, you know, you, people just kind of need to consider their sources, right? The, the people I'm aware of who kind of got into this thing and were throwing out a lot of commentary on it, I, I don't really believe or even worth bothering with if you want. There's just some clear bias going on. It's just so interesting that, you know, the louder someone screams about people being positively biased about the division or Ubisoft or whatever, you, you, you tend to be able to hold up a mirror and, and, and see a person who is just as biased in the other way, which is, in my opinion, just as bad. And there seems to be this, this seemingly really deep desire by some creators and people um, to, to trigger people who don't like them for that attention and to stoke and fire up the people who do like them because they're just going to eat that type of stuff up. It's just like at the end of the day, you, you just can't simply debate and reason with people who assume that they're the smartest people in the room, especially when people have been telling them that even though evidence kind of shows that maybe they aren't, 
and anyone in you know the type of people who basically dismiss anyone who disagrees with them and assumes that those people are dumb and just don't get it and and unfortunately that's just what you're dealing with with some of these people they you know it, it's their way or the highway and 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 that's a point where like I love having discussions with people but those people are undiscussionable if that's a word if you like the creators or the people that I'm talking about that's fine but at the very least, I suggest seeking out people with different views and different opinions and different methods. Because what I've noticed is that it seems like people get into these type of creators and they just jump into this echo chamber where you know they pick two or three that all have the same super negative opinions and you know talk about you know one in particular is just so funny about one hating politically correct stuff, even though they're just like it's just like the people who call people snowflakes tend to be the biggest snowflakes, you know. I just suggest if you get into that stuff that at least try to keep some kind of, you know, out outward influence that you, you, even if you don't like someone like me or, or someone who's more positive and you know, even if you don't agree with them, at least hear the other opinion. This could be said in many facets of life, whether it's politics or your personal life or whatever. Um, you know, I get that at the end of the day, I'm a extremely me mediocre part-time content creator with a tiny little voice in a single gaming community. And honestly, it's the way I like it. I recognize that I, you know, I recognize that I don't try to act like I'm more than I am, but I still think it's reasonable that, you know, we, we can put our support behind people who, who, who maybe aren't just trying to get clicks and aren't just trying to get attention and aren't just trying to trigger people and aren't just trying to keep their YouTube channels alive or their Twitch channels alive or their Twitter accounts full of followers. Choose your people wisely. Listener questions. Paula Doro. I bet I got it right that time. Paula Doro says, let's say they fix the loot. RNG stat drops. All is good, it's all in a good place. What would be the next most important aspect to work on? Um, honestly, I think it, I mean, so if you fix all those things in theory, you, you slightly fix PVP in a lot of ways. Um, so I would say the biggest thing after that is to add more content, more stuff to do, because if all of these things have been fixed, then basically any content should be rewarding. Therefore, add more content, give us, heaps of content to do pve especially but also if this stuff has been fixed up that's a really good time to use that as a baseline to start working on the pvp um, that's what i think so i think if the next most important aspect would be to just content variety and amount and pvp just in a general sense uh, both conflict and dz it would be my simple answer not the biggest rant like i would like to go on but I've done enough of that already. Um, and content updates, really, I don't have many. I would like to do a video next week, um, kind of reviewing episode one, but depending on when the baby comes, I'll have to wait. That may have to come later, or maybe never. We'll have to see. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at. I do want to try to do a giveaway um, before I kind of take a little break. Um, I'm, I think I'm going to giveaway, do like kind of like a lore giveaway. Um, the comics, maybe some extra stuff that I have sitting around from some of my travels and, and journeys. Um, but just keep an eye out. I might be doing a giveaway soon. It would be a follow, subscribe type of giveaway. So there's that. 
If you want to support the podcast or my other content, please check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash the echocast. If you're on iTunes listening to this podcast, please rate it and please leave a review. It helps me get attention on there. I'm Bond Diesel on Twitch and Twitter where you can catch my streams and check out my text vomit day to day. That's all I have. So until next time. Shut the door, please. Give me an hour. I love you. You poop. All I did was open the door. Mm-hmm. You broke. But why? Uh-huh. You're a coffee.